welcome everyone to the Iron Catholic Podcast. We are here for episode number eight, and we got a great topic on the docket for today. We are going to be discussing eight scripture verses for you to recite and to pray on during your workouts. So that's going to be the basis of today's topic. We're going to hear the eight verses, and I'm going to reflect a little bit on each verse and how it ties into our faith and our fitness. But before we begin, let's start with the prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our safeguard against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the root of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, before we dive into today's topic, I just want to say that I hope you and your loved ones and your family and your friends are having a wonderful Advent season. So Advent, as we know, is the time of preparation for the coming of Jesus at Christmas. And so, uh, again, before we dive in today, I just ask, you know, let us think and reflect on what are we doing to prepare our hearts for Christ's birth at Christmas. So I know a lot of times Lent is looked at a period of fasting and preparation in time for Easter, and rightfully so. It it, it should be, and it should be um, definitely used in such a sense. But I think we can use Advent in a similar way. So uh, whether it is fasting or, or just something you do with your family, like maybe the Jesse tree, an Advent calendar, uh, just something to for yourself, for your family, to till the soil of your heart and prepare for Christ's return at Christmas. I think a lot of times Christmas can become such a busy time. There's so much going on. There's, you know, we're buying gifts, we're putting up Christmas decorations, we're getting in the mood of the season, we're going to Christmas parties. And, you know, I, I think it's important to be vigilant and watchful and, again, till the soil of our heart for Christ's birth at Christmas. So I pray that your Advent's going well, and I pray that it continues to go well as December progresses. But let's get into today's topic. So we are going to be covering eight verses from Scripture that you can recite and pray on during your workouts, or even before your workouts, or after your workouts for that matter. We know that Scripture nourishes us. The very Word of God nourishes our souls. And so I'm hoping that we can bring some Scripture to find some strength and some resolve from the Word of God for our pursuit of mind, body, and spirit, and certainly maximizing each of these three areas. And so let's dive into the first one. So the first one that we are going to cover is a verse from Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. And I encourage you to write these down because uh, these can be very helpful during your workout. So feel free to write these down. Again, the first one is Philippians 4, 13. And the verse is this. I can do all things through Christ 
who strengthens me. Now, I think this is a common verse that we hear when we connect faith and exercise. I I think it is a particularly effective verse because it shows, again, that we can truly do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You know, if, if Christ wills us to accomplish something, we'll, we'll do it because God can use anyone. It doesn't matter where we are on the spectrum. God can fill any void, any deficit, anything that's lacking to bring us up to a certain level or to a certain performance that we need to be at because he's God. He's omnipotent. He has no limits or bounds. You know, so... Again, it just recognizes that all this comes from Christ, lest we think that any of it begins to come from us. We, we need to put forth the effort, yes, but ultimately the success of our labors comes from Christ, along with the inspiration. So the second verse that we're going to cover today is 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 26 and 27. And the verse is this. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So here we see St. Paul talking about evangelization and faith specifically, but I really think that this can apply perfectly to exercise. Because this verse really teaches us two things. One, we need to have a purpose in our training. So regardless of what type of training we're doing, whether we're running again, lifting weights, an athletic endeavor, we need to know the purpose that drives us forward. You know, some days we can just walk into the gym or, you know, into an arena and kind of have a ho-hum attitude like, ah, you know, I feel all right today, just going to kind of do my thing. But in order to have a motivation and a fire that continues to burn, you know, in order to be diligent day in and day out, we, we need to have proper purpose in our training. And so, you know, our, our purpose, aside from glorifying God, is up to us. Maybe we are looking to compete in a competition. Maybe we are, you know, just, just looking to stay healthy. Regardless of what your purpose is, you need to know it, identify it, and it needs to be something that motivates you. <clears throat> Another point is success in exercise is like rent. And it is due every day. So this means that we need to continually strive diligently each day. We, we need to grind and, and grow each day. We need to put in the effort each day. Just because we put in hard work one day or just because we accomplish something one day doesn't mean that we are guaranteed to continue to be able to accomplish that the next day. You know, for example, praise be to God, I have been pursuing a little bit of powerlifting lately, and I just smoked a 505-pound squat. And, you know, just because I do this one day doesn't mean that if I don't continue to train and 
in a sense, strike a blow to my body, as St. Paul talks about, I may not be able to do that in the future. I may not be able to do that next week or in two weeks. And so, again, success is like rent in a sense that we need to engage in this struggle and in this battle each and every day in order to continue to be able to have the performance that we do in our exercise or in our athletic endeavors. All right, so the third verse that we're going to be focusing on is Proverbs chapter 24, verses 5 through 6. And it reads like this. A wise man is full of strength, and a man of knowledge enhances his might. So I think this verse shows us how wise people are not willingly weak. We need to be strong in order to fight the good fight for the Lord. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be, you know, able to to deadlift 500 pounds or be this superhuman, you know. But remember, strength is of many different forms. There's strength of body, there's strength of mind, and there's strength of spirit. And there's strengths that come within our individual talents and skills and the time that we spend building and nourishing these so that they can flourish. And so, you know, we we need to, again, continue to build. We need to enhance the might using the, that we have using the gifts that God has given us. Now, enhancing our might or our strength is not evil as... Some people may lead us to believe if we if we reach a certain level of strength. But the key is we need to use it for the glory of God. We need to use this might and this strength, regardless of what it is, for good. We need and, and essentially, if you think about it, we need to be strong in order to resist the temptations of the devil. So if we don't have a certain strength in our being, uh, that, that, of course, comes from God. But if we're not committed to doing the legwork and the labor to build this up, we are not going to be able to resist the temptations of the devil. And so, you know, let us not only build our strength and our might to be able to fight the good fight of the Lord, but also let us do it so that we can resist the temptations of evil, do what God has called us to, and eventually, God willing, one day, Obtain eternal life with him. All right. Verse number four is this. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. And it reads like this. Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. So I think this can communicate essentially that there are no shortcuts to success. Man, you see it in today's society, whether you're online, whether it's an ad, whether it's a magazine, something always trying to convince us, whether it's a product, a scam, whatever it is, that, oh, you know, there's an easy step, there's an easy way, you just have to do this one thing in order to obtain success. But when it comes down to it, you, there, there really is no cutting corners. There's a, mo- there's the most efficient way to do something. You know, there's the most prudent and practical way to do something. 
but it's not really prudent to cut corners uh, to physical, mental, or spiritual flourishment. You know, and, and even if for some reason we find a way where we can cut corners to obtain a certain level or a certain victory, you know, it, it, it's kind of like a trophy that you really don't feel you earned completely. You know, I, I know if I walked into a powerlifting meet and I didn't even have to compete, somebody just gave me a first place trophy, I, I wouldn't be happy at all because I didn't earn that trophy. And I'm guessing a lot of you would feel the same way. So, you know, I, I think, again, one thing it shows us is that there are no true shortcuts to success. There's the shortest path, and there's the most efficient way to get to that. But if we're talking shortcuts, there, there really is no true shortcuts. Um, and it's certainly not going to bring about the fullest effect of what we're looking to achieve. You know, we, we must be like gold tested in fire in order to receive the crown of life. You know, William Penn once said, no pain, no palm, no thorns, no throne, no gall, no glory, no cross, no crown. So again, I think this emphasizes that we are not going to achieve, uh, you know, a certain level of victory without a struggle. And oftentimes we just kind of set ourselves back by trying to avoid this effort or this suffering or this this struggle that's going to be involved. And so let us just be committed to doing the right thing, even if it's the hard thing, in order to achieve the victor's crown, uh, in which our case is not only on earth, but in heaven with God, uh, where hopefully God can say to us one day, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Okay, verse number five is this. It comes from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 11 through 12. And it says, For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen then your weak knees. So we find in this scripture passage the wisdom of discipline and the encouragement to essentially pick up the hammer and chisel uh, to, I guess, in a sense, be like Michelangelo and start sculpting away at ourselves, mind, body, and spirit. You know, all discipline, again, as, as it says here, seems painful rather than pleasant in the moment. You know, I don't I don't know anybody. Well, I guess you could you could make the case that the, the deeper you get into certain types of exercise or prayer or study for that matter, you know, there there's a certain joy that you take even in the difficult and the arduous process. But a lot of times there there's a lot of pain that's still involved in that. And I think especially when we're beginning, it's not really a pleasant experience. But, again, it yields, as it says here, the, peace, the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So, again, work before pleasure. This, this essentially echoes what William Penn said, and it's really the opposite of what today's society teaches us. You know, so it's no surprise to me, and, and it's, it's obviously no shock to you, we find a culture today that embraces pleasure 
before cost. You name it. Fast food, immediate gratification, Grubhub. Um, again, all these quick fix things that people try to do and, and uh, try to find the, the quickest and the easiest way to, to some sort of success with the least amount of effort. You know, I think, again, we, we find a culture that embraces pleasure before cost. On one thing, I, <laughs> I, I, another thing that I think is part of this, and I, I'm not criticizing its role in society, but I just don't like these in general, uh, are credit cards. Now, again, I'm not criticizing the role of the credit card in society, but I just don't like the concept of, you know, oh, you can, you can buy now and have what you want, but you, have, you, you don't have to pay till later. Now, again, I understand there are certain things that you essentially have to do this for. But, um, you know, I, I just don't like that mindset and that concept of have now. You know, you can, you can have it now without a cost, really. But later, you have to pay. That's like having your cake first and then having to eat the, the vegetables and the potatoes and, and the main course that may not be as appealing. You know, but again, it, that's kind of getting off the beaten path, uh, you know, with this verse, whether it, we, we hear a commission to strengthen our weak knees. And so this this means to do something hard and to build up our weakness. And so, you know, um, we, we, we just are called to continue to do what is necessary to build that strength, even if it is a painful process of discipline that's not necessarily so pleasant. Okay, verse 6 is this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20, and it reads like this. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. So this really focuses, I like to hone in on the fact that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, uh, especially so when as Catholics we receive the Holy Eucharist at Mass. We become temples of the Holy Spirit truly. We still have the Spirit of God in us otherwise, yes, but we truly become temples of the Holy Spirit especially at mass. And so, you know, th- this is how we we must treat our bodies accordingly. <clears throat> you know, God is the author of our bodies and and we must be respectful of them and and of the fact that God has created them to be respected as such. And this is why things like, you know, self-mutilation or any harm that's done to our body is viewed as sinful. Because, in a sense, we do not own our own bodies. These are given to us by God. You know, and essentially, we are not the authors and we are not the owners of our own body. You know, if you think about it, how, how much control do we really have over our body? If we, if we have a sickness, we can't just command our, our body and be like, you know, hey, be gone, sickness. Or if we, if we break a leg, we can't just say, you know, be made well. And so, you know, again, we, we need to be good stewards of these gifts that God has given us. You know, we are humans. We are a body and a soul, and both have been given as a gift by God. Life is given as a gift by God, but we need to be a good steward 
of what God has given us. And we can glorify God by being a good steward of our body through, no surprise, proper exercise, diet, and any sort of supplemental care, you know, uh, showering, brushing your teeth. Again, I know these are seemingly small things, but uh, it's, you know, they, they all add up and they all have a certain level of importance in helping our body function the best that it can to serve God's kingdom. Okay, we got two more verses and then we'll wrap up. The seventh verse that we're covering is this. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And it reads, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So again, this is a humble reminder as we, as we learned in the first verse from Philippians, a humble reminder that our strength and our physical prowess is a gift from God. And so I think, you know, recognizing this, let us always be thankful for that. And, and let us pray in thanksgiving to God for this after each workout. You know, I, I like to make it a point to pray after each workout in thanksgiving because, you know, it, it really is a gift from God. And, and I know there will come a day when I can't train like I do now. And, and so, but rather than, than lament that inevitable moment, I want to be thankful for what God is allowing me to do right now. You know, in the back of our minds, you know, we, we hear at Ash Wednesday during Lent the phrase, Remember, O man, that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And so, you know, I know it seems kind of twisted to, to bring in our mortality into this, but you know, as far as Thanksgiving goes and, and having the humility, reckon, being humble when we're doing this, you know, we, we recognize that we're not always going to be able to train this way. We're not always going to be able to perform like this. You know, 60, 70, 80 years from now, things are going to be very different uh, in our body, at least. And so let us make use of this time and ability that we have, the time that God has given us right now, uh, but also let us just be thankful for this moment. Let us not lament, you know, the day that, that may come when we're not able to perform the same, but, but let us be thankful right now, today, in this moment, for what we are able to do. Okay, last verse that we are going to cover is from the book of Timothy, from the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 4, verse 8. And it reads like this. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So this really builds on the last verse. You know, physical training is of value, but we got to let the Lord be our primary focus in what we do. You know, so separate of the Lord, physical training has a very limited value. Much more, it still has a limited value. It's, it's a means to an end in a sense. But it has even more limited value if we separate it from God. And so you know, life is so short in the big picture. Let us integrate our fitness, as we've been talking about through these podcasts, into our life in, in such a way that we will reap treasures and benefits now 
and in the life to come with God in heaven. So again, let us let us use exercise not only as a means to to get strong and to get in shape and to strengthen our bodies and and, and to help them prop you know function properly and and maximally and efficiently, but but let us use exercise again just like we use prayer, just like we use study sometimes. Let us use it as a tool to if we're able to reap and sow uh, seeds and treasures and benefits, not only now, but in the life to come. So this is where, you know, it comes into integrating our prayer, you know, and, and using these verses as kind of nourishment as we exercise and train our bodies. Okay, so those are the eight verses that we have for today. So, as we wrap up, I just again want to say I hope that you and your family and your friends have a wonderful and a blessed Advent, and I encourage you to take action today that will help you use your gifts and your talents for the glory of God. So as we prepare for the coming of Christ, let's just take take actions, take a step, kind of like we do in Lent, uh, to strengthen ourselves and to more intentionally use our gifts and our talents for the glory of God. Let's close with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All right. Thank you for joining me, everyone. I hope, again, you have a wonderful week. And as always, keep grabbing hold of your God-given destiny. God bless.